Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. Johnson Wealth and Income Management and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities. Johnson Wealth and Income Management is a franchisee of the Retirement Income Store. The Retirement Income Store and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are associated entities. What kind of a retirement plan allows millions of people to lose 30 to 50% of their life savings just as they near retirement? It's a society based on freedom and choice and personal responsibility. There are no guarantees. It's important that people deal with someone to make sure to provide lifetime income. Lifetime income. And now to our story. Welcome to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store and brought to you by Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Are you living the life you want? Are you prepared for retirement as you believe you should be? What are your goals for retirement and how are you going to reach them? In the next 30 minutes of today's program, let's explore the principles necessary to live the capitalized life and the retirement of your dreams. Now, here's this week's Capitalized Life and Retirement program with your host, Matthew Johnson. And welcome to this episode of the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management, a retirement income store located in Clear Lake and Humboldt, Iowa. Well, how are you? I hope you've been well. I hope you've been staying safe and healthy. And you know what? Staying warm as well. In this particular climate, it's a very diverse time of season, isn't it? We don't know if it's going to be warm. We don't know if it's going to be well below freezing. We have no idea. But I do hope that you're having a wonderful Saturday morning. I'm so appreciative of you being here. And I'm excited to be here and to discuss how 53 years is a very long time. That's right. We're going to be talking about life expectancy. It probably doesn't sink into any of our minds just how long we might actually live. So we're going to dive into that in just a bit. In the meantime, I want to be able to remind each and every one of you, I know that you want to retire successfully. I want to see you retire successfully as a fiduciary. It's the reason I've been in this business for 24 years, why I work tirelessly for my clients to be able to provide them advice that is in their best interest. But I want to be able to give each and every one of my listeners the edge if I possibly can. So if you're in that position of life where you're starting to think about retirement, you're wanting to gather information about retirement, and you really want to be engaged as you should be, because no one's going to care for your money as much as you do. I really encourage you to go to theretirementincomestore.com. Very simple name, just kind of a long title, theretirementincomestore.com. Don't forget the on the front end, theretirementincomestore.com. I encourage you to go there. What a wealth of information. Lots and lots of information for you to read that is going to be logical. It's going to be down to earth. It's going to use common vernacular and verbiage that we all talk in every day. It's not going to be just a bunch of gobbledygook that you won't be able to understand. You're actually going to be able to read it and go, boy, that makes sense to me. And that's exactly what the emphasis of the Retirement Income Store is, to help educate people in very common themes and common words to help us be able to understand what it's going to take for us to be able to retire and how we need to be best and most appropriately positioned 
for that retirement that's coming. Well, guess what? In the last episode, I talked about the required minimum distribution, and I know it's all over the news. You are probably getting sick of hearing it. You probably haven't had anyone talk to you really or share with you the comical part of the new uniform life tables, the life expectancy tables that the IRS has provided us now for 2022. In 2021 and before, we had the same thing. We had the new uniform lifetime tables. And one of the things that I thought was comical about that table was the fact that they ran life expectancy out to age 115 years of age. Well, nobody that I'm aware of says, you know what, I'm going to make it to 115. And I don't know that I even want to make it to 115. I know every time I say that comment to someone, they roll their eyes and they're like, oh, God help me. I don't want to live that long. But guess what? The IRS is not taking any chances. This new uniform life expectancy table is now going out to age 100 and catch this, 100. And 20. 120. I cannot imagine. I can't imagine how bad I'm going to look at 120 years of age. I just can't imagine. I mean, am I going to have any teeth? Am I going to be able to hear anything? What is it going to be like? Do I have any hair? Do I still have a beard? Like, who knows? We don't know. And guess what? Chances are we won't ever make it there. But that's not the point of today's episode. The point of today's episode is to reinforce the fact that we are living longer and you have to be prepared for that. Longevity is the worst and greatest risk that you will face in retirement. Longevity is the greatest and the worst risk that you will face in retirement. And you may be thinking, no, 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 no. It's going to be inflation, Matthew. It's going to be a stock market crash. It's going to be healthcare costs. It's going to be all sorts of things. No, you are absolutely wrong. Those are all bad things. Those are all very distasteful things, but they are not the worst. The worst is longevity. Because you see, the longer you live, the more likely you are to not only see one of those things, but that you are likely to see many of those things. So if you're thinking, you know, that really does make sense, or if you have questions about today's discussion, call our office at 866-290-3837. My staff will put together some educational materials that I know will be of value to you, and we'll email them to you or we'll mail them if you prefer. If you have questions, we will do our best to answer them for you. Again, that's 866-290-3837. You think about the people who you've maybe read about or you've seen on the television. And it's a very, very old person. And maybe they're in their late 90s. Maybe they're in their early 100s. And they're being interviewed. And they're talking about all the things that they've experienced in life. And you're thinking, my goodness, that must have been amazing. Well, guess what? You might be that next person. And the point here is not to depress you. Of course, I don't want you coming away from this radio show being depressed. The point of this is that I want you to be prepared. And why did I come up with 53 years? 53 years represents the duration from age 67, just normal full retirement age, according to Social Security, and age 120. 
What does this mean? It means that you have likely worked 30, 40, for some of you, even 50 years of your life with the expectation that the money that you've worked so hard to save is going to last you over the course of the next 30, 40, or even 50 years. Now, I get it. It is not very likely that you're going to live to 120. But you'll want to know the scary thing. As a fiduciary, I use life insurance in many of my clients' lives as a legacy tool. I use life insurance in my clients' lives as a protection tool. I use life insurance to build and compound wealth. I use life insurance for lots of different reasons. But you know what was interesting? Is all the way back in the early 2000s, life insurance companies already knew what the IRS is finally admitting to. Back in the early 2000s, permanent life insurance companies, in other words, companies that designed life insurance policies to be sold to protect a person for their entire life, regardless of when they died, were already building life insurance policies that had death benefits that ran to age 120. Imagine this. You are just now learning about this age 120, and yet insurance companies who are, in many people's minds, the premier actuaries of the world have already been predicting that life and life expectancy would run as late as age 120. This should be a wake up to reality for us to understand that we need to be doing everything we possibly can do when it comes to our retirement savings to make certain that our retirement savings is prepared for a longer life expectancy than we anticipated. These individuals that think that they can just retire and you know what, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be dead within the next, you know, eight to 10 years. I'm not going to really worry about saving. I'm not going to really worry about what I invest in. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. Yes, it matters. And it's going to matter to you. It's going to matter to your spouse if you're married. It's going to matter to your kids. It's going to matter to your grandkids. You see, it is your responsibility, not the government's. Not mine, not your financial advisors, not your CPAs or your accountants, not even your doctors. Responsibility on how long you live. Your responsibility is to understand that what you have been blessed with, what you've been able to save for, needs to be taken and it needs to be judiciously and very logically and very methodically invested in such a way prudently so that it will last. And isn't it consequential, isn't it ironic that the number one fear that people have today is sitting in a position where they feel that their biggest fear is running out of money? I just read recently today, there was an article, I believe it was by CNBC, that said that over 27% of Americans today are going to reach full retirement age, that's age 67, with less than $50,000 in retirement savings. That is an epidemic. 27%. That is atrocious. What the article does not go on to say is that we don't know what the rest of the statistics are. We don't know if the rest of the people, we'll say the rest of the other 73%, if they're in a position where they only have, say, 
60 to maybe a hundred thousand of savings. What does this mean to us? It means that if we're not doing everything that we need to do to make certain that our money lasts, we're going to be one of those statistics. We're going to be that person who runs out of money. We're going to be the person that's looking to the state and to the federal government for assistance just to survive. And that's not the retirement that I want you to have. That's not the retirement that I know you want to have for yourself and for your spouse and for your family. So what does the life expectancy table tell us that we need to do? It tells us that we need to get engaged in figuring out clever, creative, and consistently useful ways to make our money last. Now, we're going to talk about a lot of different approaches to growing our money and making our money last. But the first one that we're going to be discussing is what I think is one of the most basic things that I should see adults doing all the time that I don't see adults doing, and that is budgeting. Why is it that we think that budgeting is only for the 30-something-year-old couple that has three kids? It's not. Budgeting is something that we do every single day, regardless of how old we are. Budgeting is not just for the young people. Budgeting is for every human person that has money, that is responsible for that money. You see, it's not what you expect, it's what you inspect. And identifying how much money is coming in, identifying how much money is going out, and then more importantly, identifying of the money that's going out, where it's going, and how much we're actually paying for the things that we actually are consuming. This is an important factor to making our money last. It is a very basic economic tool that has saved people's bacon for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And yet I see fewer schools teaching it. I see fewer financial advisors encouraging it. I see no employers trying to encourage their their employees to set up budgets. I see parents not teaching it to their kids. Why? Because the parents themselves are not budgeting. So guess what? This is not only for the Dave Ramsey followers. This isn't for the Dave Ramsey groupie. This is for every single one of us. Sit tight, man. We are going to be right back talking about why 53 years is a long time, but it's possible. Don't go anywhere. You're locked on to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store. Investing in the stock market these days is like riding a roller coaster. One minute you're moving up slow and steady just the way you like it, and then all of a sudden, your investment portfolio is in a free fall. Up 800 points, down 800 points. It can be very scary. A lot of people no longer gamble with their retirement in the stock market. If you are tired of the ride and want to look at safer options or would like to learn a better way to grow your money during these times, call Johnson Wealth and Income Management at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. And for more information, visit us online at johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. Welcome back to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store. 
And welcome back to the second half of the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management, a retirement income store located in Clear Lake and Humboldt, Iowa. Well, if you're just joining us, thank you so much. I'm glad to have you on board. And if you stuck with me from the first half, I really give you props because guess what? It's not too pleasant talking about budgeting. It seems kind of blasé. You really want to hear you know, more exciting things, right? But listen, our money is too important. Our money is too important. Budgeting is not one of those things just for young people, young couples with kids. Budgeting is not just for the Dave Ramsey groupies of the world. Budgeting is a very important component. It's how you maintain control of your money. The inflow, the outflow, knowing where that outflow is going, who's getting it, and how much of it they're taking. This way you get to control that valve. So if you're not budgeting, you're getting to retirement, get on the bandwagon. Start learning how to budget because it's going to be important. This is the reason why you see elderly individuals saying, well, I'm on a fixed income. That's right. That's what retirement is. Retirement is typically a fixed income. This is something that, guess what? You're not working. You don't get to work overtime. You don't get to go back and and have 80 hours a week if you want them. Trust me, if you do the right thing with your money, you're not going to have to be working. You're not going to want to work and you won't have to. So let's get on to the next step. The next step is, is that we've got to really use what the IRS just released in these new life expectancy tables to tell us that guess what? There is a possibility we're going to live longer than ever before. And yes, we've got things that like heredity and we've got congenital diseases and defects and things that are going to shorten our life. We got that. There's going to be things in our life like toxins and, and just all sorts of things that we're exposed to. We can't control that. But guess what? There is a lot of people that have lived longer than they ever believed that they would live. It didn't say anything about the quality of life. It was talking about the quantity of life. So, Matthew, how do I help myself make my money last longer? Well, the first thing is, is that I know that my I know that my competitors will say about me, well, you know, Johnson, he doesn't like the stock market. Oh, Johnson, he doesn't like mutual funds and index funds. And oh, well, you know what? Those stocks, you know, those are good things. They've treated you well. Guess what? I'm not here to harp on stocks. Stocks are a perfectly wonderful investment tool. They are a great tool as long as they are used in the proper percentage at the right stage of our life. And the reason is a logical one. When you think about history and you think about your history, your particular history, your experiences in the stock market, let me ask you, did you ever lose money in the stock market? When the market was going down in the beginning of the turn of the century in 2000, did it ever affect you? How did it make you feel? Did it ever give you that knot in your stomach? How about 2007, 8, 9? When the market's dropping and it drops by over 60%, how did that feel? How about just two years ago? How about 2020, February and March, markets down nearly by 40%. And it loses that in six weeks because it was an unprecedented sell-off. How did that feel? Tell me, how did it feel? Now, I want you to exacerbate that feeling because for some of you, you're not even retired yet. 
And how are you going to feel if you're still maintaining that old philosophy that's worn out that says that you have to have all of your money in the stock market even when you're retired? And now I want you to imagine the stock market drops and it goes down and you look at your statements and you're seeing lots of parentheses. You're losing money. How does that make you feel? And more importantly, how are you going to do those withdrawals for required minimum distributions? How are you going to do those withdrawals to supplement your retirement when you have no capital appreciation, when you have no gain, when everything in your investment portfolio has shrunk? Is your money going to last as long if you're selling shares now at a loss? How is that going to affect you, especially if you have longevity? And the answer is not very well. And so the first thing that we need to do to really embrace being able to be prepared for a longer life than anticipated is understanding investing for income. You see, when you invest for income, certainly not all fixed income investing is contractual, but much of the fixed income world is. You see, when you invest in things like fixed income, things like, say, corporate bonds or preferred stocks or things of that nature. Those things are a contract. This means that there's very few moving parts to them. When you buy a bond and you own a bond individually, the way I think the clients should, investors should, not today's way of just buy a bond fund. There are so many risks with a bond fund. But if you buy it the right way, you own the bond individually. Guess what happens? You have two promises, essentially. The first promise is that you're going to receive a fixed rate of interest during the course of owning that bond and its lifetime. The second thing is, is that if you own that bond and you hold that bond to maturity, guess what happens? When it matures, your money is returned back to you. Now, I want you to think about that. If I go out and I buy a stock, let's say I buy AT&T stock or I buy Amazon or I buy Google or Walmart. Can I tell myself that I know for fact what that stock is going to be worth in 30 days? How about in a year? How about in five years? How about in 10 years? How about in 30 years? The answer is no. There is no way that you can tell me what that stock is going to be worth. If that stock is being held in my investment portfolio and it goes down, I'm assuming the risk. When I own that stock, that means that I'm assuming that it's okay if that stock goes down. But let me ask, is there any assurance? Is there any guarantee that if I own that stock, that it's going to come back up? No, there is none. Now, I don't argue the fact that stocks go down and stocks come back up. Thank God that they do. But you see, the number one thing that I see people doing incorrectly is assuming that the same investment that got them to retirement is going to be the same investment that gets them through retirement. And you see, when we are working and saving, we're on the accumulation stage. We're not touching our money. We're simply compounding it. We're saving it. We're adding to it. But when we retire, we are now in a totally different stage of life. We are now in the distribution stage of our life where we are completely and totally reliant upon our social security, upon our pension, upon our rental income, and most importantly, upon 
what we have saved for retirement. Social Security only comprises about 40% of what we have for retirement income and Social Security. That means it's not even a majority. And so where does the majority of retirement supplementation come from? It comes from what we've saved. So when we get into retirement, when we approach retirement even, we need to be investing for what our goal is going to be. What is the goal? The goal is income. So do equities have a place in this conversation? And the answer is yes, they do. But if I'm going to use equities with my clients, I don't want my client getting some paltry, some weeny little 1% or one and a quarter or one and a half percent dividend. I want my client owning those dividend river blue chips. I want them owning those dividend aristocrats. I want them owning those stocks that have a history of paying their shareholders dividends without cutting them every time there was a whimper within the economy. I want them owning a sustainable equity from a sustainable company. It doesn't mean that that company is always going to do well, but if that company has got plenty of history that shows that it increases its dividends to its shareholders over the course of time, guess what I know? I can be reassured that it is likely, even if there's volatility within the market, my client's still going to get the income. And if we're talking about longevity, guess what? The longer my client can leave their principal alone and still maintain their lifestyle, the better suited they're going to be, the longer their money's going to last. And we're talking life expectancy here. Now, what about fixed income? Fixed income is not the answer to cancer, but fixed income is a tool that provides you greater consistency. It gives you greater peace of mind because it is more contractual. So you don't have to abandon stocks to go to fixed income. But fixed income is something that should be a most definite present tool for a good percentage of your money when you're in retirement, when you're in the distribution phase of your life. You can mix those fixed income instruments with good dividend paying common stocks. And now you've got income. You got income that's not reliant upon What is the price today? What is it worth today? Because you know that the income, the interest, and the dividends are the natural output of what you're investing in. I own rentals not because I want the value of the home on a balance sheet. I own the rentals because I want the rent. That's the reason I own the rental. Now, what other income can preserve and protect me if I have longer than average life expectancy? God forbid I go from 67 to age 120, I'm going to need something. Well, guess what? Social Security, interestingly enough, is a lifetime income that's guaranteed forever. Is there any other place that I can get that? There sure is. It's called a pension. But guess what? The problem with pensions today is the pensions are really having difficulty with life expectancy. People are living longer than they anticipated. And those actuaries went, whoa, We didn't anticipate people would last this long. And so this is the reason why employers are no longer funding pensions. Pretty much, you got to work for the railroad or you got to work for the postal service or you got to work for the federal government or the state government to get those pensions. So what can you do? Another useful tool can be annuities. Oh, he said it. He said it. He said that big, nasty A word, annuities. 
Well, that's right. I'm a fiduciary. And guess what? Fiduciaries are required not to be biased, but required to talk about all sorts of different investments. And annuities can be a tool to provide lifetime guaranteed income. This is something that if you deposit your money, you will receive a cash flow every single month from that annuity. And guess what? No matter how long you live, that income will be paid to you. You cannot outlive the income. You can maybe even make the guarantee applicable to a surviving spouse. So what is the IRS telling us? The IRS is telling us to wake up. We may be living longer than ever before, and we need to be waking up and doing what we need to do to make certain that our money is preserved, it's protected, and it lasts us. And what does that mean? It means we need to be focusing on getting our working capital working to produce income. And I encourage all of you as listeners, if you have questions, please go to our website, www.johnsonwim.com and post your question to us. Reach out to us. Let us know what kind of topics you'd like to hear us discuss on each episode every Saturday morning. Well, thanks so much for listening. I'm Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management. And remember, it's up to you to make today a great day. That's all the time we have for today. To schedule 15 minutes with Matthew off the air, call 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. And for more information, visit us online at johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. We will be back again next week at this same time for another Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson. Matthew Johnson.